I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome, everybody, to the Buck Sexton Show. We have the one and only Jesse Kelly with us. On this episode, I know it's very exciting for everybody. I know his throngs of fans have been demanding, demanding that I have the host of the Jesse Kelly show on the program. And uh, and here we are. And and we go way back. And obviously, Jesse Kelly radio, Jesse Kelly podcast. Go check out his stuff. He's also on the first TV. Mr. Jesse, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's a Friday. dude. Life is good. I mean, the financial system's collapsing, but life is good other than that. So, you know, what? one way I try to tell everybody, you know, uh, I try to talk about the financial thing right now as, as the banks are having all the issues they're having is um, if you were trying to come up with the way that stuff gets really ugly, failure of the banking sector, like that would be, you know, you, you did war gaming back in the day when you were in the Marines. I did this in the CIA, you know, little lattes, you know, stirring them around, looking at a looking at a PowerPoint presentation, you know, real hero <laughs> stuff at the CIA. Um, but if you were tr- trying to come up with like, how do we go into a severe recession? I think banking, systemic banking failures would be high on the list. Yeah, look, I, I don't have anything good to say about where I see this going. I see this actually getting much worse than other people think this is going to get. Even people who say oh, it's about to get bad, I think it's going to get significantly worse than bad for a variety of reasons. We were already in a debt crisis before we shut down the country like idiots for a virus, then we shut down a country, then we printed off a bunch of money. We're still printing off a bunch of money and we're still passing trillion dollar plus bills at the same time. Like all that's bad, right? All that stuff's really, really bad. But we now have people who run the nation, not just the finance sector, the government, every part of the nation. They're they're either full-blown communists or they're just idiots but the, none of them are capable. So not only are we about to go into this horrible crisis, but nobody who's steering the ship at any level, not in big finance, not in government, not, nowhere is there somebody who knows what they're doing and they're gonna step in and they're gonna do the right thing. So not only are we heading into this really, really dark place, nobody's captaining the ship. Uh, I, I think this is going to end very, very bad. You know, I think the fascinating one of the one of the fascinating takeaways of what we saw during COVID, and you and I were among the earliest, angriest, and loudest of the "What are you? What are you people doing?" In terms of um, by, I remember, I remember getting piled on for for saying that we should reopen fully, go back to normal life. Easter of 2020. Okay, just that was I was like, open up, guys. This is crazy. We can't do this. And you were saying. So that's like late March, early April. You were saying by April of 2020, this notion of locking down your economy like it's, you know, a rump roast that you can freeze and then just take out and no problem um, is is completely insane. And we were saying it. And now here we are. 
And there's a, is there a party that looks around? You're just like, how can any of you be surprised by this? Yes, I think about this all the time, Bob. All the time, I, I've, I've felt like it's a curse that there are some of us, and obviously this is going to be preaching to the choir with the people who, your audience, they yeah. know too. There are some of us who can very clearly see what is happening. We very clearly see why it's happening. And it's extremely frustrating that it doesn't seem like anyone else can. It, it just Look, I'm not going to let this go because it really was what brought us to where we are now and all the pain that's going to be. Even if you had basic knowledge of the most small, basic business in the world, you would understand that you should never, under any circumstance, circumstances, shut down a country's economy. If you ran a hot dog stand, all right, I have to bring in buns. I have to, someone has to get the wieners and we have to get the mustard and ketchup. And I have to make sure the tires are upkept. But I have certain orders that come in at certain times and you can't just shut me down. Oh, but then you shut down the person who bought the wieners. Oh, but now I can't go where the buns are. And it, the chaos that would cause for even a month for a tiny hot dog stand. Now expand that to a $20 trillion economy. It's the most insane, stupid idea I've ever seen in my life that most of the known world bought into. That's what's so crazy about it. It's like we woke up one day, Buck, and the entire world decided that pigs actually could fly. And you know, it's I, you and me and your yeah. audience, and we're looking at the pigs and saying, what do you mean they can fly? They very clearly can't fly. They don't have, what, what do you mean they can fly? And yet every doctor told you they could fly. Your president told you they could fly, both parties. Congress told you they could fly, CDC, FBI. Everyone is insisting that that pig without wings can fly. And you're looking around thinking, did the whole world go nuts and I got left behind? That's how I feel all the time. You know, it, it strikes me also that the, the system that we have, I refer to as the apparatus. You talk about the communists. And, and I also do really think that people have to always evaluate whether because they'll say oh it's a lot of marxists they're not really communists or democrats as well everything is relative to the environment that it's in right so if you're in what was a highly prosperous and capitalist society uh you're going to take a different tact as you're trying to turn that society towards socialism and communism than if you were in a fractured third world poor country where you know the peasants can't read and you're like oh we're just going to free stuff for everybody and we're going to be full-blown commies right there's going to be an adjustment of tactics that i think isn't often taken into account by the people that want to say, oh, well, you should like basically people like you and me, you know, there are some on the right who even say, stop calling them commies. I'm like, why? First of all, it pisses them off. And second of all, they are commies. They just don't have the power to fully implement the the agenda yet. But it strikes me that the one part of this that we see in our society that is full of people who are incapable, incompetent and unimpressive for the roles that they have, the one inescapable reality is math and that that's why this financial situation the debt that they can say whatever they want they can convince people you know take this shot do this do that but eventually the bill comes due the math adds up a certain way and you've got a problem like what we're seeing unfold right now i think about this a lot buck and I, in my opinion this comes actually back to religion and i'll get to that in a moment i know that's weird but i was actually thinking about this yesterday and i talked about this on my show that it's not, it's not just you, normal people, the truckers, right? Truckers are some of the most informed people in the country because they drive around listening to talk radio all day long. But, but a trucker would not be considered an intellectual elite by most of the people, even though I would consider him the most informed. But a trucker, a guy who drives a long haul truck can look at an economy and knows, okay, 
we stop the economy and we're printing trillions in unbacked dollars, that's going to cause insane inflation and we will have to raise interest rates to combat that inflation and that alone will cause a recession. That's not advanced economics. That's a basic thing anyone would you would think would know. So what 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 has blown me away is you have all these super finance elites. I went to Chicago School of Business and I went to Harvard and I went to this who all seem to be just flabbergasted at the situation that any normal human being could have seen coming. And we ask ourselves how that's how is that possible? You've got 19 degrees from Harvard. I personally went to less than three years of community college and I got everything right for the last three years and you got everything wrong. How is that possible? And I think we discount how much of a religion communism is and Marxism is in a way where these people, yes, they have all these degrees, but these people have very clearly never been taught the truth. They've never been taught how to think. They've been taught that they're gods, that they're important, that America kind of sucks. They should rule America as kings and queens. They've been taught all these things, but we think they're over at Harvard learning things that are beyond our basics that we know, when really they're learning completely different things that aren't true at all. So yeah, you have a 60-year-old person with a Harvard degree who's worked at Goldman Sachs. You think that that person knows more about finances than you when you could go down to the local mom and pop sandwich shop and they could tell you infinitely more about the economy and how an economy works and how supply chains work than the person who went to Harvard. It's a very upside down society and it's very hard for all of us to understand how we're supposed to exist in a society like this. Buck, how am I supposed to exist in a society where my Food and Drug Administration calls ivermectin horse dewormer? They did that. In response to a Joe Rogan podcast, the Food and Drug Administration called something that's been given to people in doses by the billions, they called it horse dewormer. Now, we can laugh and get mad about that. How am I, I can't be my own FDA, Buck. I, I don't know about you. I, I can't, I, I don't know what's safe and what, I need you to tell me what's safe and what's not. But if you're full of ideologues and idiots, where does that leave me, Joe Schmo citizen? I'm screwed. It, it all strikes me as, as cause and effect. It is actually quite straightforward. And with the, the expert class or the, the elites, and we, you know, we use all these terms, or we know what they mean, but there's also a lack of specificity to them because you're having to talk about such broad, broad movements. Um, but the, the expert class in general, has shown itself. They, they've changed the rules for how you get into the expert class. And it really has happened in, in our generation, right? Let's be honest. Like, this goes back now, the last 30, 40 years, political correctness, you've been pushing people more and more into roles based on diversity, equity, inclusion, and, and a whole range of, of factors that by sheer merit, they would not have gotten into. And this is now true across all of federal bureaucracy, the entirety of the United States government, and now all of corporate America, academia. I mean, you just go through the list. People have accelerated in their careers based on things that don't actually matter if you care about results. They only matter if you care about a narrative, um, a narrative you know, rooted in victimology, oppression, and all the rest of it, as you and I know. And then they turn around and they say, how dare you question the competency of the people in charge? It's like, what by what standard are these people? I mean, Fauci basically became the NIAD NIH chief and de facto head of the federal government's uh, COVID response. I mean, this guy got his medical degree, you know, like like right after the Civil War, as far as I could tell. But the dude's been in government for like ninety hundred years. Is crazy. 
Yeah, the problem is, Buck, like what I was just talking about and how that merges with yours is people need to believe that they can trust these institutions that they very clearly can't trust. If, if I, I used this, this example actually today, that if I, I talk about clean drinking water all the time, about how we Americans, we don't realize how blessed we are that you're always like 30 feet away from endless supplies of clean drinking water. And that's just not common in the world, but it, we have it here. But what do I really know about this glass of water I'm drinking right now? Do I, have I ever visited the, the water plant, the water treatment plant? No, I haven't. What do I think about it? What do I want to think about this water in my mind that I just got out of the faucet? I want to think that this came from a water treatment plant that only hires the best people. Only the highest quality people are worried about my water. Not only that, their security when it comes to potential domestic terrorism or the poisoning of it or something, their security is top notch. They got a bunch of Navy SEALs working at that water treatment plant. My mind wants me to believe that. My mind has to believe that in order for me to continue drinking my high quality H2O all the time. When you tell people that you can't trust the FBI, you can't trust the CDC, you can't trust the military, you can't trust the FDA, you can't trust someone who went to Harvard, you can't trust the Treasury Secretary. When you tell people these things, even if deep down somewhere they know you're right, the acceptance of something so frightening to people is just too difficult so it's easier to just deny what you see with your own eyes no the cdc isn't corrupt you're wrong you can show them black and white to their face that they're wrong and what they believe is wrong but if you're a human being in america and all of a sudden you have to acknowledge you don't have a center for disease control anymore you have another political arm of the democratic party that's even if even if you're on the right, that's a lot to take in and accept. So it's easier to just deny it. People deny reality. Well, I can tell you one thing I know that you you talk about and you have more leeway to, at least in a lot of people's minds than others, because you served because you were in the Marines. I still think the American people, we we just it's so ingrained in us to love our military because we know people, especially you and, and I, well, you from serving, but me just from um, from friends of mine who have served, we know these amazing people that have served, right? We know all we know these war fighters who are awesome and badasses and love their country so much. And it's hard for a lot of people to separate out. That's true, but it's also true that at the top of the bureaucracy, there are cabals even at the Pentagon and within the and, and within the military industrial complex. You know, so now we're talking about four star generals and Raytheon, who are are honestly left wing and in many ways, deeply, deeply anti-American. And I think that's a hard thing for people to latch on to, especially those who do have a true and abiding respect for those who serve, right? It's like the institution versus those who are signing up to be a part of the institution. Yeah, you, you nailed it. That's difficult. When I talk to people about the three characteristics that all of our cultural leaders have in common, I always say, one, no love of country. We'll come back to that in a second. Two, no connection to the real world. They all grew up rich, off to fancy schools, then media world or something like that. And three, they believe they should rule as kings and queens. But back to the first one, it's not just that we have so many people who hate the country, who run our institutions now. The thing is, none of them anymore are mindful of it. Now, when I tell you that about a college professor, everybody watching us right now nods their heads and says, oh yeah, Berkeley, I can see that, of course. But when I tell you that that's your generals, that that's your Joint Chiefs of right. Staff, when I tell you that that's an admiral, look, 
We don't want to believe that, man. No, no, look at all the ribbons. Uh, no, he, he fought in Vietnam. No, I don't understand how you, no, he's in the, no, you don't understand. He stopped being somebody who wakes up every day mindful of his country years ago. Now he's mindful of his next promotion, of his next assignment. Is he going to get a free car for the next thing? When he takes a little two-year hiatus and goes and works at Raytheon or Boeing, is he going to pull in two million a year or five million a year? Because the wife really wants to go to Paris next year. He stopped waking up every day thinking like your listeners think years ago. But you don't want to believe that because you see the Marine Corps uniform and daggone, it looks so good and patriotic. You don't want to believe that. The United States military should be gutted when it comes to the office corps level if you want if you want to save it at all. I'm talking everyone 06 and above, gone, all of them. You go to the military academies, you should fire everyone at the academy and the janitor on the way out the door. The rot is so pervasive in the military and the way they're purging their political opponents in the military would shock people if they actually got the emails I get and the emails I know you get of guys who are in. What is happening to your military before your eyes is shocking. And within 10 years, the right, not the left, the right will look down on the military and rightfully so. I want to ask you in a second, Jesse, about where we need to be more mindful of the left making gains, right? Where where are the commies actually racking up wins that we're not paying enough attention to or maybe not even really paying attention to at all. But before we go there, I've just got to say, Jesse can confirm. Um, I've got on my hands right now, I've got, you can see it, i got gold and silver right now in my hands. Gold and silver from the Oxford Gold Group. We're sitting here talking about bank failures. We're talking about what's going to happen if this economy completely falls off a cliff, and we both think it's probably going to happen. Jesse, I'm not putting words in your mouth right. Things are going to get ugly out there. You know oh, what I think does? it's going to be ugly Yep, yeah. it's going to be horrific. It's going to be horrific. <laughs> yes. you, you know what does well when uh, all of a sudden there's uh, a real run on banks and there's a credit squeeze or there's inflation that's rampant and can't be controlled? Gold, silver, precious metals. You want to get in on this now or you want to wait six months, wait a year, see what happens? You want to have something on hand that is a store of value. You've worked hard. You want to diversify now. That's why you should call our friends at the Oxford Gold Group, 833-404-GOLD. You can secure your IRA or your 401k with real gold and, and silver. You can also put this in your portfolio protection plan. The Oxford Gold Group has made it as easy as one, two, three. I've been buying gold and silver from them for years. I've got some right here on the table. Jesse has been getting Oxford Gold Group gold and silver for years as well. They're the best in the business. They'll talk to you about the size of the portfolio you're working with. They want long-term customers who are prepared for what's coming and that they know are going to be doing business with them for a long time. 833-404-GOLD, 833-404-G-O-L-D. All right, Jesse, where, where are we, where are we uh, liable to get a sneak attack from the commies internally? Where are we actually not paying enough attention um, where we're vulnerable right now on the right? Uh, as far as our country goes, we're, we are we are in quite a bit of a pickle because the people who run our country and not, not just the government, all of our institutions now, they, it does come back to what we were talking about a second ago, because they don't feel any loyalty to our country, that doesn't mean we should discount that they're loyal to something. They're loyal to each other. They are loyal to looting this country dry. They really are. And so they're going to use this coming financial crisis and already are. They're going to begin 
taking care of their political enemies. There was an exchange, I'm sure you already saw it today, by that useless idiot senator from Oklahoma, James Langford, but he actually did well. He was interviewing Janet Yellen, and he essentially got her to admit, I know you already saw this, that, no, we're going to bail out these Who big like. banks, their depositors. Yeah. We're, going to, we're going to bail out yeah. the big banks, but your community bank is, is not going to get bailed at all. People should go back to COVID and remember what happened there because we actually didn't shut down the economy. Amazon was fine. Lowe's was fine. All the essential businesses were fine. What did we shut down? The small businesses in this country. At Walmart, you, you can have 10,000 people in Walmart, but don't you dare go down to that little local shop and buy a little custom coffee mug. They've got to go out of business. Isn't it funny that every time we have a huge crisis now, the leaders of the entire planet, not just this nation, join together to smash their political enemies locally? For some reason, it always ends up their local political enemies get the shaft, all their friends who pay homage to them, they always get the handouts. What do you think they're going to do if we have a world war? People think about this. This is something I see coming clear as day, Buck, and I pray to God I'm wrong. I see a much worse recession than 2008 coming. I believe it will be a depression. Uh, might wanna call that Oxford gold number like now, by the way. I really do, I feel like it's going to be that bad. And then to get out of a depression, we're going to do the same thing we did last time for a variety of reasons. We're going to fight a world war. And this is where the right gets this wrong. The right will say something to this effect of, yeah, good luck fighting it with the tranny military. These people have been openly hostile to the right forever. The president of the United States of America just got done giving a speech in black and white with two Marines standing guard behind him, calling Republicans the threat to democracy. The next day when asked why the Marines were there, the press secretary said the Marines are there to protect democracy. Do you think they're gonna go draft the trannies out of San Francisco? They're gonna get us into a world war and they're going to red America, baby. And they're gonna start scarfing up all those young men who don't wanna don't want join anymore because they don't want new lectures on braiding here and why they should turn gay. So they're going to do something else but they're not gonna give you a choice. They're gonna come knocking and they're gonna come knocking and the political opponents of the Democrats are the ones who are gonna pay. That's what I see coming. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the US. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This makes me uh, two things. One is I want to talk to you about the threshold of pain that is required for even some Democrats to change their ways on things, particularly in the cities. I want to get to that and also bring up a place where I, I, I want your take on uh, on. I'll throw an area out to you that I think if people really understood 
how insane a major institutions in America were in this in this one realm. They'd be very worried about the future, and no one no one really focuses in on it as much as they should. But we'll come back to that in a second. First off, I got to ask everybody at home: How's your energy level these days? Are you as fit and energetic as our friend Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida? Jesse, have you seen this guy? He's lost like twenty five pounds. I am sure he could kick my ass now, and he's already like a father of three. I mean, you know, I, I don't know how he's done it, but anyway. If you want to get in, you know, DeSantis-style shape, we can't even call him Heavy D anymore. Now he's like six-pack D. Um, if you want to get into shape, if you want to get in your best frame of mind and body, Chalk is what you need. Chalk makes the best, most effective supplements that will bring your energy levels to an optimum level. They spent years, years looking for the right helpful ingredients and got them organized into products, especially made for men and women. So their website is simple and easy to spell, choq.com. For the guys out there, check out their male vitality stack, for the ladies, there's a female vitality stack. Optimizing your hormones helps with so much physically, your energy, your mindset, your drive, all of it. Go to chalk, choq.com. Use my name, Buck, when you make your first purchase. Get 35% off any subscription for life. That's chalk, choq.com. 35% off any subscription for life. Um, Jesse, uh, chalk is amazing. People should get it. So tell me this. Law schools. I just want to bring this up because I think we don't think about this very much on the right. There's this thing that we always do of, oh, the gender, the gender studies majors from Wesleyan and like the naked dorm that they have and and Oberlin, you know, oppression studies. And I'm sitting here. I'm like, yeah, that's they've been crazy. They've been crazy since the like late 80s. Right. I mean, that that's the that was where the infiltrations initially occurred. Now it's the editor of Harvard Law Review. Like people need to understand the law schools which are supposed to be professional training. I know people are paying a little more attention to this now because of what happened out at Stanford, but everybody that I know that's gone to law school in the last 10 years will tell you law schools are every bit as nuts as the crazy, and at the, the most elite law schools are the craziest. Yale, Stanford, Columbia, Harvard. They're just churning out little Alinskyite Marxists as fast as they can who are going to use that credential, by the way, to become federal prosecutors and throw the asses of people like you and me in prison for our first or second or name an amendment rights. That's how this game is actually going to get played. It's, I actually, I want to ask you a question when I'm done with this one, Buck, because this, this yeah. actually got me thinking about something. I think there's an institution that might be scarier, but now you have me changing my mind. But there's a, there's a story I heard, and it's a story I know to be true, but I didn't know. This, well, you'll see. So Barack Obama, everyone knows Barack Obama went to Harvard, right? And I know a guy who graduated with Barack Obama. And as you can imagine, these elite universities, they're going to get together, have a couple of drinks, and they're going to talk about how they're going to conquer the world. Just, just that's what you would feel, I would imagine. Not that I'm ever going to be welcome on those places, but hey, what? Do you, so they get around one day, and they start discussing what they're going to do, what their plans are, because they all have gigs lined up already when they're done with Harvard. And this guy's going to work in tech, and this guy's going to work at this big shot law firm, and this guy's going to do this. And they get to Barack Obama, and Barack Obama told them all. I'm going to go be a community organizer. Everyone knows the community organizer stuff back in the day. And they all mocked him ruthlessly. But I was talking to my buddy about this recently. And he said, Jesse, he got it. And none of us did. We were all going to drive BMWs and have a mansion with some dime on our arm. And Barack Obama graduated Harvard and he was going to seek out real power. And he did. And that's what he did. And that's exactly what these people do. Not only do they own the law schools, they own the law schools. And when they graduate, 
They're not going to do what the Republican lawyers are going to do. I'm going to go work at Bernstein and Gold for $9 million an hour and you know, drive a fancy sports car. They're going to become the local DA. And they're going to become the local DA with the express purpose of turning violent criminals loose so they can continue to burn this country to ash. So what's happening at the law schools might be the scariest thing that happens in the country. But that brings me to my question for you, Buck, because I would have said a different industry, and now you have me questioning it. I would have said the medical industry. You've seen these videos, I know you have. Uh, other people who don't, you should read my emails to not only current doctors and nurses and hospital administrators. Go take, go take 10 minutes right now when the show's over and look up the various graduating classes of some of the elite uni medical universities in this country. And at their graduation, they will discuss how medicine has been white supremacist and how in the future we're going to make sure we're being more equitable with healthcare. Yeah. And you just got me worried that one day we're all gonna stand in front of a communist judge who wants to throw us in a cage forever for our Facebook posts. What are you gonna do one day when that's your doctor? What are you so gonna I'll do one day when you need brain surgery and unbeknownst to you, the brain surgeon's pulling up your Twitter account before they carve your head open and cut a tumor out of your brain? Well, you know, they that's also, also they also opened this up when they started to say openly, if you won't get the vaccine, you don't deserve medical care. If you if you're not yep. vaccinated, it, it, there were there were prominent people in positions of power who were all Biden voting Democrats. It's just to remind everybody who are making the argument that if you go into the ER for a heart attack, but you are unvaccinated too bad, die on the sidewalk. They made this no, argument prominently, but many of them. It was a mainstream and talking point. It was a mainstream main talking point. I mean, they were making that argument on Morning Joe. <laughs> this is not like the, the fringe of the fringe. This is the most mainstream Democrat stuff you can get. And Biden was echoing all of this. Uh, one of the things that, you know, I, I get so angry about is the, the completely false perception that Joe Biden is a nice guy. Joe Biden is uh, a scumbag. Joe Biden is the guy who in a different society at a different time would be pointing you out to the jackbooted thugs to say, sorry, take him, not me. Like Joe Biden has no backbone, no spine, believes in nothing other than Bidenism and whatever the Democrat Party wants him to at any point in time. On the medical side of things, Jesse, I I just went recently into here in Florida, free state of Florida. I went into the uh, University of Miami medical system just for an annual checkup. And they're like, OK, sir, you got to mask up. I looked at them. I was like, are you people out of your minds? So, so, so think about think about this for a second. And by the way, I wasn't in a cancer ward. People always throw these things. What if somebody in there? I'm like, no, it was an empty office. OK, there was nobody in any of the it was it was a <laughs> it was a general practitioner's office with one person at a desk and one person who's like, you know, hitting me on the knees and drawing my blood. End of story. Put a mask on so that we can all go to the grocery store and go into our offices and everything else everywhere else in life. It was so stupid. But I've reached a point now where. I mean, I'm pretty open about this. I've never talked to you about this before, but Jesse and I talk about a lot of things offline, too. Um, I, I have a hard time putting anyone in a position of trust in my life, doctor, lawyer, accountant, who I don't know is at least right of center, if not right wing. That's that's what that's well, what COVID to. has done to me. Totally agree. And I was never like that before. If I was an employer, I would be vetting my employees and I would never hire one of these little cancers. I do the same thing at the doc. I've tried to tell people this, especially parents out there. You have to vet your doctor and you definitely have to vet your pediatrician. 
If you're a parent watching this, listen to this right now. Ask your pediatrician if your child should get the COVID vaccine, something that is banned in quasi-socialist European countries. It doesn't benefit children at all. It's only harmful. Your American doctor pediatrician, I bet you money will tell you you should give that for, to your child. And if your doctor does, you don't have a doctor. You have a communist system. You have a communist servant of the system, and you should walk out of that pediatrician's office and never walk back in again. We have a society full of monsters, and I did not realize it until COVID hit, and I definitely didn't realize it about the medical industry. I mean, you talk about these people who did it on TV. I know you've got them. I've got emails that were frightening, Buck, of nurses getting together in the break room laughing because some guy was dying of COVID but didn't get vaccinated, mocking him in the break room as they sit down and break for lunch. Your medical institutions in this country are broken because of the medical institutions and our university system are communist. So here's something that I've heard from doctors in New York um, who, some of whom I just know personally, others, is that it, it has it is something that you're not allowed to talk about. But this is important for the mindset. People say, oh, Buck, it was three years ago. They haven't changed. Same mindset. Um, no. That the whole ventilator thing, which we're now, notice that no one ever talks about it anymore. It was, oh my God, don't get COVID because there won't be enough ventilators. And if you don't get on a ventilator, you'll die. Well, we actually found, do you, does, does really anyone go on ventilators anymore for COVID, Jesse? I mean, there's still some, you know, old people are dying. Does anyone, what about in the last big wave? Now, I'm sure people say, oh, well, yes, here's this really old person who died of COVID. Okay, but it was tons of people, they told us, were going on ventilators all the time. We're running, we had to build a million ventilators. That whole ventilator, that whole ventilator moment where Nancy Pelosi and, and, and the rest of them were saying we need a million of these things, which, by the way, you need special staffing for them, and they cost like $30,000 each. I mean, the whole thing was they were rushing people onto ventilators because the staff in a lot of the hospitals in New York were frightened themselves, young and healthy, like 35 to 55-year-olds, were frightened of getting COVID, and they just figured put them on the ventilator. And nobody mm. will talk about this. People died... No. Because of the panic, because of the put them on a ventilator, put them on a ventilator. Oh, well, hold, hold on a second. And you weren't allowed. You weren't allowed to say, hold on. What about what about, you know, there are different forms of like inhaled steroids and things they could do to treat the symptoms just to keep you breathing until your body finally fought back. And th there that was malpractice on a massive scale. And it came from fear mongering and people in the medical community who were all clapping, clapping and hitting our pots and pans together for a lot of them. Not supposed to say this. A lot of them are just like, oh, I don't want to get near the COVID patient. Let's put them on a ventilator. Yep. And that this, was what happened. Again, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, Buck. We don't want to admit that. That because because how frightening is that? I, I can't be my own doctor. I'm an idiot. I can't I can't do I need a medical system in my country to give me guidance, to give me wisdom, to give me knowledge that I don't personally possess. I can't be a doctor. I'm not smart enough to become a doctor. But if the only medical system I have available to me is not just broken, but getting more and more openly hostile to me every single day. Well, what do I do about that? I'm, there's nothing I can do about that. I don't have a second option. It, what this, honestly, name me a single national recognized figure. Well, a, a single cultural institution figure in this country, one doctor, anything who told people during COVID to get more sunshine. I'm not even going to go into vaccines or anything like that. We knew very early on 
that vitamin D deficiency was one of the features of everyone who had severe COVID complications. So go stand in the sun. Did one, did, do you remember a single one, Buck? Republican, Democrat, doctor, lawyer, not one person said, go get more sunshine. In fact, they said, go home. Well, we I, I think it also, it also should, it's absolutely true. I was going to say maybe the Canadian truckers, um, but uh, they, it's also true that what we saw is what we believe to be um, the private sector and the free market isn't actually really the private sector and the free market. And this is why the Republicans were always like, don't use government power. Like, don't defend people from the crazy stuff. Like, let the market do what it does. All of our markets, our healthcare markets, our food markets, go down the list. Everything has so much government intrusion in it already that the notion that they're operating just based upon what the people want is lunacy, right? I mean, the, the perfect example of this is in with all of the hospital systems, the re, they were able to control policy top-down for COVID because every doctor has to be, uh, has to go through the, uh, you know, has to have their license, right? Has to be a medically licensed practitioner. Okay, well, the government's just going to pull your license if you don't obey the, you know, if you don't dance to the required tune. And every hospital is going to get rid of your admitting privileges and destroy your career, and every hospital, by the way, needs Medicare and Medicaid funding or else they go out of business overnight. So is it, you know, the government was able to pull all the strings so quickly and then they say, oh, it's the free market. And then you have some Republican governors, some idiot Republican governors just going to say it who are like, well, we don't want to protect people from, you know, uh, that's that sounds big government to me these days. I cannot. When was the last time you heard a conservative make an argument that we shouldn't do something that conservatives know is good and wants? That was because it was too big government and you weren't like, what a jackass. Oh, exactly. Well, well, there we have we've signed up for this suicide pact here on the right. It's been this way my entire life. And I know we're about the same age. So it's been your entire life where the right has thought that fighting back is pointing out the hypocrisy of the left. We'd love to do that. Point out the hypocrisy of the left and say things like, could you imagine if a, if a Republican said this? And then whenever presented with any kind of a solution at all. Not only have we not done it, we've bragged my entire life. We've bragged about that. We won't do it. Well, I would do this, but I don't know if I look at Section 5, Paragraph B of the Constitution, it tells me I'm not allowed to do anything like this, as if the other side is going to look at that and somehow think, wow, yeah. what a good dude. You know, he's right. I'm not going to do it anyway. If you read, if you read as you do, but just for our, for our audience, if you read about how, for example, the, the the communists, officially communists and Marxists, operate all over the world. A, a feature of it is, oh, that's cute. You mean we do things differently than you and we have the power to do it? Of course we do, you idiot. Like, there, there's the point is that they can treat us differently than them. They don't feel badly because they're being unprincipled or dishonorable. They want to have the power to be dishonorable and to undermine your foundational principles. That's the whole point. So we sit here, we're like, oh, you guys have no principles. Exactly. Exactly. Remember the three things I talked about earlier, they all have in common about no love of country, no connection to the real world. And the last one to rule as kings and queens. This goes right into what you just said goes right into that last one. The, the leaders of the West used to, I'm not going to act like they were saints. All right. Leaders of the West have all had problems. But they used to view themselves as the defenders of freedom. Today, all the cultural leaders, this is way beyond Joe Biden, all the cultural leaders of the West, they view your freedom as being the problem. They are the kings and queens. 
you peasants in your desire to say what you want and do what you want, work what you want, drive what you want, eat what you want. You're holding them back from ruling this world as the kings and queens they are. And to what you just said about the hypocrisy thing, we got this wrong on the right, or I should say many people got this wrong on the right when it came to COVID. We would see some idiot mayor, some communist mayor say, hey, wear a mask and social distance. And then she'd get busted. London Breed of San Francisco is yeah. a great example of this. Gave that order and then got busted that night at a bar with eight friends, no mask, out partying it up. And we would say to ourselves over and over and over again, ah, they got caught. Oh, I can't believe he got caught. Oh, how'd she get caught? They didn't get caught. They know everybody has a cell phone. They are well aware as politicians. You're in the public eye, Buck. You're well aware. You can't pick your nose if you're in a restaurant. It's going to be on Instagram that night. All these people know that too. They didn't get caught. They wanted you to see them. Yes, we have different rules than you have, peasants. When, when you have a king in medieval times, did the king walk through society in peasant clothes just trying to be one of the guys? Or did he get carried in on a golden stretcher so everyone knew the king was freaking here with trumpets blowing around? It's not just that they think they're your kings and queens. They want to remind you that they're kings and queens and you're a peasant and you're going to have to do things the king doesn't have to do. It's all done on purpose. And that is the point. Let's take a moment here to talk, talk about the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundation honors fallen and severely injured heroes and their families with mortgage-free smart homes. This year alone, hundreds of Gold Star and fallen first responder families with young children and our nation's most severely injured veterans and first responders are receiving homes. More than 500 homeless veterans received housing and services last year, and more than 1,500 are receiving housing and services this year. The Tunnel to Towers also has the 9-11 Institute, the foundation educating children in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and honor our heroes. Never forget what they did for us and their sacrifices for us. Join me in donating $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Jesse, I swear uh, we didn't plan this, everybody, but you see the sweatshirt, Buck? I swear we didn't break. Everyone see what that sweatshirt says? Tunnel the Tower. Towers Foundation, baby. I love yeah. those daggone yeah, people. Yeah, they, they, no, they do They do. A, a, amazing work. Um, do. So... So that's that's an optimistic note for us, right? Doing good work, doing good things. Um, we got some major challenges ahead. I just wanted to give you the floor, Jesse, before we just tell everybody to go listen to the Jesse Kelly podcast, which they should do and subscribe. Um, what what makes you think that we're actually going to win this fight in the broadest terms? In the broadest terms, we're going to win the fight because we are correct in the things we want works and the things they want don't. All they know how to do is destroy things. We want to build things. Now, we're going to have to fight differently than we've ever fought, and we're going to have to think a lot more locally than we've ever thought before. Federally, we're totally screwed. But there are so many huge pockets of this country that are ripe for the picking. The communist has people convinced that he's more numerous than he is in this country. He's not. He just has all the choke points. You think the communist owns your town because you have a child drag show. The communist just got into the local library and decided to put on a child drag show. He's one man. You think he's a thousand. We have them outnumbered. We will fart. We will fight. We will fart. We will fight locally for a long time. It's going to take decades, but we'll get them in the end. We'll get them locally. We will fart them on the beaches. We will fart them on the land. <laughs> we'll do it wherever. <laughs> we will never surrender. Churchill with yeah. the Jesse Kelly edit. 
Yeah, there we go. Jesse, thanks so much for making the time, man. Everyone wanted you to come on and hang out. We'll do it again sometime soon. I will tell you, Sean Parnell's talking a little smack. He says, you're too cool to do a three-person show. So um, we're going to poke you on that at some point and see if we can get you in for that. But everyone, go subscribe to Jesse Kelly Podcast. And Jesse, have a great one, man. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.